is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh, welcome. This is Thursday, and you're in the bullpen for the next hour, my friend. You know who you got? Us. That's who. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. 512-834-1027. And we so much appreciate having you here today. You okay over there? I'm trying to fix my mic, You're man. fighting with that mic. It is. I think I got it. Like, that mic's throwing some meme right crosses well, at you right now. I had it I had it looking at me, and then all of a sudden it 360 or 180 away from me. Listen, you've so seen I had to me. fix it, and you've, you know how great these mics are in here. Oh. They'll, they'll fall at the... The simplest movements. So You've seen me come careful. in here like I, I've I've had to basically take apart the entire thing and put it back together. Dude, some we, days just to get it in the direction that I wanted angled. We ninja not too much to ask. this room every time we step foot in here. You not know, to say that the other guys in front of us are messy. No, it's not. It's, it's nothing. Not, nothing for them at all. They well, like their preference. It's all we're saying is the bullpen needs its own dedicated studio. That's all we're saying. I mean, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> Who would? <laughs> Who would? So. We got a lot to get yeah, to today, good and there's, there's some pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff that we uh, we've got to today, including. Did you see what happened at the, uh, the 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 bloodbath at the Moody Center last night? The mood was blessed last night, Dude. my friend. The mood was blessed. So look, we know this Longhorns basketball team was good, but I don't know if we knew they were that. Let's, let's hope this wasn't a one-off deal. But this was an absolute thumping of the number two Gonzaga Bulldogs. The yeah. zigzags looked yeah. out of sorts. All night long. I don't think this is a, a one-and-done style type game for them. I think this just kind of put the rest of college basketball on notice. I, it, uh, it, Look, it we sure knew that Texas better. was going to be good. I mean, they. this is the first time Gonzaga has lost by 20 points in 12 years. Yeah. And they don't have a whole lot of those under their, under their belt in a lot longer than that. Sure. I mean, this is not a common thing for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. No, this is a well-coached veteran squad. There are some good players on that team, and Texas made them look like the varsity crew at Spokane's community co- Spokane Community College. This was so much fun to watch. I, I mean, so they, they absolutely christened the new yeah, Moody Center with I'd this win so. last night. Momentous victory, first major test against a ranked opponent. Um, it, it, was, it was really a career night from Tyrese Hunter. He finished with 26 points. Um, as they downed the, the, the Bulldogs 93-74. They beat them into the hardwood last night. Beautiful. They showcased their strengths as really one of the best and right now one of the most entertaining teams in all of college basketball. you got them right here in your own backyard. Absolutely. So much fun. So Gonzaga kind of hung around early. You know, they did what they do. Led for just a brief stretch in mm-hmm. the first half. Um, was it five points or something like that at most that they led? I think it was something along something those lines. Like, it wasn't big. Like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but it got late real quick for the Zags. Sure did. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Texas never looked back. Horns lit up the arena. Um, uh, they, they, went, they had a 10-point lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. They never trailed from there. They built a lead at one point of uh, 23 points before rounding things off with a 19-point victory That's over beautiful. Gonzaga. Everything went right for them. Conversely, everything went wrong for Gonzaga. The wheels completely fell off for him. Did not look good for him. Not it, very surprising too. That that is not a that did not look like a Mark Few coach team. I mean, they were the ball. They couldn't even hold on to the ball when they had mm-hmm. it. They kept dropping it or fumbling it or getting it stolen right out of their mitts. Like yeah, basically, well, I don't know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the wheels fell off, and then the, and then they they stuck it on. Cinder blocks at that point, like yeah, in the middle of the street. I mean, it was awful. Felt like Gonzaga just knew they weren't going to win and just kind of 
half-assed it the rest of the way. Texas rained down 13 three-pointers on 33 attempts. Yeah, that'll do it. They didn't <laughs> miss a free throw until late. They finished 12 of 16 from the line. They persistently pressured the Zags into making mistakes in the perimeter. And that really was the genesis of Gonzaga's problems. There. They committed 20 turnovers on the night, 11 of them coming in the first half. Wow. Uh, Texas yeah. converted that into 27 points, by the way. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're getting 10-plus uh, turnovers in a, in a half. It seems very unlikely you're going to win that game unless it's a very lesser opponent, which Texas were, ain't a lesser opponent. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, head coach Chris Beard... Quite pleased with what he saw and, and how could the you... The people's not, coach. How could you not be? Yeah, obviously we said before the game that it would take our best 40 minutes to this point in our early season to play and beat Gonzaga at home, and that's what we did. That was our best 40. I don't think it's anywhere near the 40 that we can play as the year goes on. Uh, but I want to recognize our players' effort, preparation. And it's a big win because a lot of the reason we so much respect for Gonzaga, right? So we have a lot of respect for their program, their coach, their consistency, their players, so, yeah, we recognize this is a great win for our team because, among other things, Gonzaga's really good. And secondly, and probably most important, and um, never gets old saying this, uh, the crowd. I, I thought tonight we had one of the best crowds in college basketball to this point this season. I think our crowd can get better. And they were great tonight. Season ticket holders, can't thank you enough. People that were burn orange, come early, stay late. we got to figure out that team picture at the end. Uh, felt like I was in Lukenbach in 1992. But uh want to recognize the student section. That was one of the best crowds in college basketball tonight. And the exciting thing is we're just getting started, right? It's the third game ever for the Corral. So I know I speak for the players and everybody. I want to thank the students. I want to thank Longhorn Nation. I want to thank everybody that came to the game tonight. Hey, yo, he wouldn't lie. The, 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 the crowd was hyped last night all you know night why? long. All because night long. Because the first thousand got free honey, honey buttered chicken sandwiches from Whataburger. Free. They were giving those out for free. They gave them out free. I think it was for the students, but oh. I, I don't know. They hey, all fake is all fake. Thousand student people. I don't know how free. many they can fit in that bottom, that lower bowl. But I mean, I'll absolutely fake a student ID for a free Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, no anything. Kidding. But I, like seriously, this guy. I mean, Texas is so lucky that this guy had ties to Texas and they got him yeah. because this guy knows how to coach a basketball team. He's got a hell of a rapport with his players already. Yeah, too. he knows. He just knows what he's doing. He, I was, he, he's a, like I said, he's the people's coach. He is a player's coach. He lets the players be the players, and he wants nothing more than the students to be a part of the action. And that is such a big and fun part of college basketball when the fans and the student section it, that's pretty much right over top of you yep. is just going at you. Yep. It's so much fun. Yep. I love it. Uh, and, and it was really fun to watch, too, the, 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 pre, the post-game press conference. They had Beard, they had uh, Marcus Carr, uh, Tyrese Hunter and uh, Dylan DeSue, they were all there. Dominating. And and uh, Beard is there. I don't know what he was showing them, but he kept showing uh, something on his phone. And and Carr and Hunter and DeSue, they were cracking up laughing. So was Beard. They were clearly having a good time. They mm-hmm. clearly have a good rapport. And this is this this matters. You can be a great coach all you want. But, yep. I mean, when you can connect with the kids like that, it's something special. The smartest thing you can do is connect with your fan base in a college basketball arena because even if you aren't great – if you have a good uh, home court ad- home court advantage and a really good student section, that's a big time advantage and can really actually step your game up a bit because not only do you feed off the crowd, the opponent feeds off the crowd and kind of gets them off their game. Yeah. So the first thing he did was get the fans involved and get the students back. And holy crap, did it work? Yeah. 
Uh, Gonzaga head coach Mark Few, I believe his quote uh, about the Longhorns was, this is a very good basketball team. They force us into so many turnovers. I mean, we usually pride ourselves to take care of the ball. They just, I mean, we actually shot a decent, rebounded it relatively decent, at least numbers-wise. But they just, we made way too many turnovers. Their pressure was, you know, a lot of it, and then some of it was us, but a lot of it was their pressure. It was really good, and we just didn't handle it very well. Yeah, a little I have to apologize for that audio because it was literally the only Mark Few audio I could find after the game. Yeah, I got the feeling Gonzaga didn't want to talk off, about this. Yeah, that was off some, <laughs> one of the journalists uh, for the Spokesman Review in Spokane, uh, which I loved hearing all those guys talk about Spokane. Yeah. It was great. It's so weird. Especially the way that Spokane. Spokane. Spokane was That's, the typical that, pronunciation there. You'd be surprised how many people actually pronounce it like that. So how big a win was this? Here's Chris Beard on that. It's a program win because oh. a lot of things went into it. And again, it's just it's basically a sign of respect for Gonzaga, right? They're really good. They have the kind of program that we're trying to build in terms of consistency. You know, four years ago, who was Gonzaga's best player? You don't remember. Was Gonzaga really good four years ago? You remember they were. And we're trying to get to that consistency. We're in the early stages. It's year two. But I thought our guys took a great step today in the, in the uh, right direction. Biggest margin defeat uh, defeat for Gonzaga since March of 2014. Biggest win for uh, Texas by ranking since 2009 when it beat then-ranked number two Oklahoma. Remember, we talked about that, that's and right. we were right. Uh, right. That was the Blake Griffin-led team. He actually got hurt that game okay. and had to leave, and that's one of the reasons, apparently, why he came back the next season. Oh, okay, all right. Him and his brother was on that team. I remember that. Uh, last night also tied a program record for highest-ranked opponent. It's defeated. Uh, First-ranked team Texas has faced in the new Moody Center. Absolutely destroying it, and God, what a treat it was! I think I saw a, 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 a wow a stat that um, Chris Beard. This is his third time he's beat a top two opponent at home, or something like that. Like again, this guy just knows what he's doing. Coming the and top two killer. When you make a program fun, it everything else just comes so easy, and everything else just seems to be second nature. And that's probably why they're winning so much, is because. They know each other. They hang out all the time. They have a great chemistry. They have a great culture. There's literally Chris Beard was wearing his culture Texas T-shirt right. at the press conference. Like right. there's something different about this team, and it's showing. There's a synergy and there. When you beat the number two team, I don't care where you play them. That that is going to be a difficult task, and they did it handedly. Don't be surprised if this is the top five team after next week, and after this week. So the the Horns are now three and zero in the season, uh, and. Uh, a lot of this came from the dynamic play of guard Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, solid bench contributions from Brock Cunningham, and uh, my favorite name in all of college sports, Serge Abari Rice. Amen. Great name. Serge Abari Rice? Yeah, yeah. So Serge Abari is his first name? Sir. Sir. Uh, apostrophe Jabari. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. a great name. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, you, that legally, they got to call you sir. All right. I love that. Love it. Love that. Um, Good for him. Here's Tyrese Hunter, though, and when, when kind of he, he knew that everything was just firing on all cylinders. I don't think so. Uh, a talent like Beckham is. Well, that's not him. That's, uh, that's Jerry Jones. Oh, well. <laughs> Tyrese Hunter basically said uh, he knew what was <sighs> happening. And he says, I, I, I could tell. He's like, oh, it was going to be one of those nights. Uh, but uh, the, the Horns hit 52.3% of their shots from the field, 406 from three. They forced the Bulldogs into uh, 
20 turnovers, and, and here's Beard on their offensive performance. We got good shooters. We work really hard at it. We got good coaches. We got guys that put in the time. Best shooters that ever played this game, guys, miss half their shots. So I thought tonight we were disciplined. You know, how about Desu? Starts the game, gets a good look, misses it, no problem. Second one, confident, sticks it. No, I thought we shot the ball well tonight. We're at 39% from where I was sitting and make multiple threes. Yeah, some nights the shot will be there. Some nights it won't. If you're going to win six games in three weekends, you have to have a formula to win in different ways. And tonight we hit a lot on our targets. Five guys in double figures, a couple guys at eight, nine. That's the balance we're looking for. Low turnover game. Drew Timmy's a dynamic player, 18 and nine. We're okay with that, with Drew Timmy. That's how good he is. I thought we made him turn it over a few times. Just made it hard on him. He's a guy that can literally get 30. So I thought we did a lot of really good things tonight. You know, our bigs stepped out and shot the ball. Still think we got off out-rebounded by a few. We'll, we'll work on that. So this was a big deal for a lot of guys, a lot of returning players. I mean, you take it back to November 13th of last year. Mm-hmm. It's a day that guys, at least like Marcus Carr, are all too familiar with. Gonzaga fans that night, they were in the student section there at, uh, what do they play, McCarthy Athletic Center there in Spokane? Sure. Uh, they were the waving. At, well, no, I'm sorry, they weren't waving. They were yelling. They were yelling horns down, which is stupid. Yeah. Not not at all the same punch when you yell horns down. Okay, yeah. dude, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, remember the this, the fan base I, I know. of Gonzaga. I get it. Just like just you know, yeah, you get it. What, a bunch of Catholics. That, I didn't say. Getting at? I didn't say. You said it. Not me. One Catholic, I can say. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, they 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 enjoyed an uncontested win in their hometown. They they cruised to an eighty six seventy four victory. They remained number one in the country last year. On the other end, number five Texas walking out losers. Uh, they got handed that night. So, call it revenge last night. It sounds to me like that's uh, that's kind of the way Marcus Carr sees it. We had that in the back of our minds ever since, you know, we left Spokane. Um, we've seen that Spokane. film more than a few times since that night. So, you know, it's always been in the back of our minds all year long. <laughs> yeah, we watched it all year long. So, you know, that, that, that loss is definitely something that, you know, we didn't forget. And we knew that, you know, we kind of owed him one. Um, we went there and, and didn't play our best, so we knew coming back here and playing at home, we wanted to protect home court, but it was also kind of a revenge game for us as well. Great that game. was a 30-second mic drop yeah, right in front of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah. Boom! Love it. Uh, great game for Carl last night. Uh, he's one of five returners to come back. 16 points he had, four ribbies. Or, well, ribbies. Rebounds. Ribbies. Sorry, <laughs> wrong sport, sorry. Four it's rebounds. Okay. Sometimes I confuse catcher and center in NBA yeah. and MLB. So. Yeah, well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself because yeah. we got some big MLB news coming up here as well. Oh. Uh, but uh, four rebounds. He dished out seven assists, four of nine from the three-point range. Never seemed to really even left the court. 37 minutes he was out there. No other Longhorn played more than 27. It's like he didn't even give Chris Beard, uh, like Chris Beard didn't have a reason to take him out. Right. He was like, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you reason to stick me out here. Great game all around. Congratulations. Yeah. Hook uh, up. God, it was yeah. a fun, fun game. Love it. Anytime I can see Gonzaga look sad, it's a beautiful day. I think so. Now, uh, he was asked, Chris Beard was asked kind of, you know, they have a, a, a sneaky good team here. Yeah, this is the University of Texas, and uh, I don't think we sneak up on anybody. You know, that's, <laughs> Coach Penders taught me a lot of things, and that's one of them. And uh, studied all the greats, you know, Abe, Abe Lemons and Coach Black and Daryl Roll and Mac Brown and all of them. So I don't think, you know, it doesn't matter what the stat sheet or the record says. You know, we don't sneak up on anybody. We're, you know, we're Texas. I love that guy. That's, what a great He's line. such a good 
cool guy. Digging deep with the uh, Tom Penders reference Such there, too. Such a big fan. Yeah. yeah Gotta love it. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we Congratulations. We can only hope that this is uh, going to continue for your Texas Longhorn men's basketball. I don't see why not. Certainly, this is going to have them climbing up the they're going to be, uh, yeah, they're going to be. Uh, oh, are they number 11 coming in this week? Number 12. Okay. And, and the and Zigzags they beat number two. two. So they're going up. Handedly, at, even though they're at home, they beat them by almost 20 points, which mm-hmm. is enough to put you, at least catapult you into the top five. Five, you would think, yeah. Five or six, yeah. maybe, something like that. Uh, and if they keep playing like that, if they did, forget yeah. about it, it's it's They're over. Yeah, up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could see this team if if they if they consistently played like this, could be one of the deepest teams we ever see going to March. Let's not look ahead too much, but as of right now, the future looks real bright on this season. It's hard not to though. I know, really hard is. not to look ahead when really you see want a performance to. like that. Creighton, just beat Creighton this week. That's right? what they're up against beat next. Creighton next, correct, yep. correct. Uh, some news coming out of MLB today from Commissioner Rob Manfred announcing where the uh, 2024 MLB All Star Game is going to be held. And, and uh, it's not the 2023 All-Star yeah, Game. Yeah, we, we, we got a little confused in the newsroom <laughs> talking about that earlier. Uh, here's a hint, though. It's where the 2020 World Series was played due to COVID. I'm talking about Globe Life Field in Arlington. I didn't even give them a second to guess. Well, nobody called. I know. We, you know, let them, you know, they're listening. They may want to try and guess, but I guess. I'm going to let them suspend disbelief here for a second. Okay, for, there you go. Fair yeah, enough. So they, 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 had, they had a 10-second gap there. Uh, but no, the. I'm excited about this because this will be the closest that I, I've in a long time that the All Star Game will be to me, and if I can break away there for the, you know, in July, I'd, God, I'd be you got to do it. I mean, at least be around uh, the area during that time because it's not just stuff going on, you know, at the ballpark. It's going on all around the ballpark. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot going on up there in Arlington. I, don't they have like a big sports complex up there now? Uh-huh. Aren't they near like Six Flags and all that? Like. They could incorporate well, all of that. I know the old ballpark wasn't far away. Uh, I'm not well, sure. Well, the Red Cross is okay. Then yeah, the then yeah, it would yeah. be. I haven't been up there since they built this new one. Yeah, so uh, they're all right next to each other. Okay, so yeah, so the the, the six party. flags, oh, Cowboys know, party too. No, they still got Wet and Wild up there. Uh, their old water park, which was I don't know, was a lot of fun, but not too far away as well. I have not been to a water park since I moved to Texas. I've been to water park probably since I was. Uh, okay, I take that kid. back. I went to Valente Beach once. I burned uh, like a fork in a microwave. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm getting better though. Anyway, yeah. we don't. Really, I don't have to tell this story. <laughs> that important story. Uh, but uh, in a statement today, Rob Manfred says Major League Baseball pleased to award the 24 All Star Game to the Rangers and the cities of Arlington and Fort Worth, which presented a robust bid for the All Star Week. Rangers stepped up under difficult circumstances. Globe Life Field served as terrific host for the 2020 postseason, including the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says we're excited to once again feature baseball's newest ballpark on a global stage next summer. Globe Life Field. Uh, Completed in 2020, same year that they hosted the series there. Uh, so, yeah, looks excited. Fort Worth pitched in a little bit here as well to help bring uh, bring that to Arlington. So this is going to be the 94th uh, All-Star Game in league history, July 16th of 24. Uh, just the latest large event to come to Arlington earlier this year. Also was announced one of the locations for the 2026 World Cup Ooh. Uh, if you're a uh, footy fan. Yeah. So, you know, that's... That's back-to-back AOS teams getting the All-Star Game, Seattle and then Texas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you Rangers. guys, you guys up there in Seattle will have the uh, 2023 All Star yep. Game. We got next. You got next. <laughs> and then you. Two good teams. Two good towns. <laughs> two good. Two good towns getting the back to back All Star uh, Game. Yes. Coming up, we have unanimous a an absolutely rare unanimous selection for not only AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young as well. These guys ran the table. I got a fun fact on both those pitchers when we come back. I bet you can guess who the AL Cy Young Mord winner is, but I'm not going to tell you until we come back. There it is. 512-834-1027. 
The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome. the Bullpen. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thursday edition. That's right. With Brandon Elkins and Patrick Osborne. That's right. You want to give us a call? Give us a call. 512-834-1027 is the number. We'll get you right through. Giddy up. Say what's up to Isaac, and uh, he'll put you right through. That's right. Uh, so we've got some pretty big news, some unsurprising news, but uh, exciting news, nevertheless, out of baseball. As we now know, the winners of the 2022 Cy Young Award, mm-hmm. American and National League. American one should come to a surprise, or come to surprise no one. Should I think the surprise na- to no one. The National League shouldn't either if you follow baseball, but uh, certainly the American League, uh, a, a much more marquee name. Yes. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about the one and only 39-year-old superhuman. Find the words, man. Find the words. Find the words for your guy. Well, it almost came out of subhuman, and that that was not what I was looking (laughs) for. uh, Justin Verlander, your 2022 Cy Young Award winner, third time for the man in his illustrious career on the bump. Um, Good for him. So what's weird here, though, Verlander is coming off Tommy John surgery. Um, he didn't play at all in 2021. He didn't play at all in yeah. 2021, and that arm was responsible for uh, statistically and scientifically quite significant uh, in this. And then on the other side, in the in the in the uh, senior circuit, Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara, rather Alcantara, yeah. Alcantara, rather. That's close. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, and what what's exciting about this is this marks just the second time in history both winners did so unanimously. The only other time. 1968, Denny McClain did it for the American League, and the great Bob Gibson did it with the Cardinals for the National League. This is a big deal. Um, it was an incredible comeback. Verlander was, was like a giddy kid when, when it was announced, and, and he was clearly touched by it, and, and typical Verlander fashion, quite humble. You know, the team success has been incredible. My personal success, obviously, has felt wonderful. Um, to be able to contribute to part of a, an organization that um, has been a dynasty since uh, probably 2015 or 16. And, um, you know, just to just to be a part of that is um, an, an incredible uh, feeling. And, uh, you know, what a, what, a, what a change I feel like I've gone through since the moment we made that decision in 17 to where we are now uh, to have two championships, two Cy Youngs. I mean, um, if I, you know, if I could have had a, a pen and paper um, and, and, and scripted things out, I don't know if I could have <laughs> could have drawn a better story. You know, I this guy's what a life this guy's got. I mean, three Cy Youngs. He's got two World Series rings with the Astros and three appearances since he was brought over there late in the seventeen season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's Kate Upton. Don't forget about that. Uh, and that's coming off a hell of a career that he had in Detroit, right? So he's had a great career. I mean, great life. He could he could hang it all up now, and first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely, no doubt, no doubt about it. Yep. Do you think he's going to hang it up? No, no. He's no. looking. I, he's looking for at least one more year. You, you know think? It. You know? You it. think? Yeah. Well, he's close to some records. He wants to probably break. He turned down that option with the with the Astros. That's because he needs a raise. Okay, so what that tells me, he wants to get paid for another year. Yeah, so, exactly. So we will see him at least at forty. And what if he wins a fourth at forty? That would be incredible. I would be annoyed, but good for him. <laughs> uh, now, on the other side, Sandy Alcantara, uh, his response, uh, much more succinct, but uh, no less exciting. Hey, guy, guess what? We made it. We made it. That was it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Uh, I, he is, he's now, what, the, the third Dominican-born player to win a Cy Young. He joins Bartolo Colon, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I and miss that guy. Three-time winner Pedro Martinez. Miss him too. Mm. I very much miss Pedro Martinez. In fact, he's, Pedro, he's a good analyst, though. Pedro on was MLB the one. Network. I know, but I miss. I miss, I miss yeah. the days that he's out there throwing Don Zimmer to the ground and stuff like that in the postseason. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Uh, but no, I, he, it was actually Martinez who announced Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara's win mm-hmm. uh, last night. Um, each 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 of these innings lows are meaningful in their own way. Of course, as we mentioned, that Tommy John surgery from Verlander. Uh, he he entered in 22, as you mentioned, not having thrown a single pitch right. in 2021. Which apparently was what he needed. He's now the first pitcher ever to win a Cy Young after pitching zero innings the previous year. Crazy. Previous low had been Fernando Valenzuela way back in 1980. Uh, 17 and two-thirds innings before winning the Cy Young uh, while still a rookie qualifier in mm. 1981. Uh, Alcantara, first Marlins player ever to win a Cy Young. Uh, he logged a career-high 228 and two-thirds innings. That's the highest total for any pitcher since David Price since, uh, did it in 230 in uh, 2016. David Price, by the way, whatever happened to him? I think he's still with the Dodgers, but I don't think he's uh, playing much. He, he he quit running his mouth and he stopped hearing about him. Well, that's because he couldn't pitch anymore, and he kind of been kind of relinquished to the bench at this point. He looked phenomenal in 2018 when the Sox won the World Series that year. But my problem with him is he's a, he's flying on airplanes, trashing David X. I mean, uh, David Eckstein. <laughs> No. What are you thinking of? <laughs> Dennis Eckersley. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's trashing Eck. I, th- this was a big, I don't know, something about how being, being overrated and I'm better and this kind of thing. And it's like, well. Was Eckersley, a, isn't he a play-by-play guy Eckersley, now? yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He does, he does color for the, the box on the Nesson oh. network. Yeah. And he's one of, oh. one of the Didn't best color. Didn't he go up co- to the, the booth? Wasn't, was yeah. that, that when that happened? Yeah. I remember that. It was during the game, yeah. right? Yeah. And David Price went up to the, because he somehow heard that they were talking about it. Yeah. That's, That's right. I remember that. Wow. Uh, but yeah, X one of the best color color men in the game right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I love listening to him call a game. Anyway, I, don't know. I got I, I I could I could bring up some names to to counter that easily. Well, uh, yeah, but it's all preference there based. Are, there are plenty, but yes. he, yeah, I'm I, but I, I'm certainly speaking from a bit of bias because I'm a I'm a Fenway man. Fun fact about both those Cy Young winners: the Rookie of the Year homered off both of them this season. Julio Rodriguez, who should have Yo! been, who should have been a unanimous Rookie of the Year. However, there was one guy in Baltimore who voted for Adley Rushman. Look, he had a great <laughs> year. He's from the state of Washington. All right, guy. he's one of my guys. But Are and I'm re- Adley. Ad, yeah, Adley. Yeah, no, 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 R- Rushman. But that's who you're talking. I think about, it was right? from Oregon or yeah, something yeah. or Washington or he's, he's from up there. In he's the, from the Northwest, so he's he's yeah. one of my guys. But come on. You did that for attention, and he got his five minutes. So good for you, Baltimore journalist. Was dude. it five minutes? Because I, I don't even remember hearing about that. Man, he wrote a long thread on Twitter that kind of went viral about mm-hmm. it. Because oh, look, I'm the only guy who didn't vote for Julio Rodriguez. It's like when they did that. To hey, Griffey. look, I wear clown shoes. They didn't get Griffey unanimous, and Derek Jeter did the next year, and then Mario uh, Mariano Rivera the year after that. I wonder why. So they, they join uh, only 10 of the guys who have ever won the Cy Young three times. Some big names on this list. Tom Seaver, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Steve Carlton, the great Greg Maddox, Clayton Kershaw, Pedro Martinez, Jim Palmer. There's one name on here that uh, I, I just I love to say, and that's Sandy Koufax. <laughs> God, I, I talk about a, a career cut short. We'll never know just how great Sandy could have been if he'd not gotten hurt. Sandy Koufax was the top Little League program growing up in my area. Oh, was it? It was 
It was uh, Babe Ruth and Sandy Koufax leads. Okay, so Sand- I don't know why Babe Sandy Ruth was took on the top lower, billing, huh? Sandy took top bill. That's respect. Yeah, that's respect. Verlander's also the fifth oldest pitcher to win the Cy Young. Uh, Clemens was forty-two. He's the oldest when he did it, two thousand four. Gaylord Perry, 40, 1978. Early Wynn did it, uh, nineteen fifty-nine at thirty-nine years old. Clemens did it again when he was thirty-nine back in two thousand one. And uh, then Verlander. Here we are, round the top five. Uh, age is nothing but a number, as proven clearly, no doubt, by Justin Verlander. Congra- congratulations to both. This, this Absolutely exciting. Um, who you liking for MVPs? Uh, you got any uh, any faves for the MVPs in the uh, junior I mean, senior circuits? It really se- seems like it's going to be uh, no a no doubter for Aaron Judge because of his home runs. Yeah. But it should be as Shohei, much though. as it pains me to say this, yes, it should have been Shohei because no one can even come close to what he did this year. And he'll probably still be the only guy for a long time. I know there's a lot of guys now trying to develop that, you know, two way player He's style. A trendsetter. But he is and he is a trendsetter, yes. But right now, there's nobody but him. All right, so Judge AL. I, I, I agree with you, he's gonna get it. I agree with you. It yeah. should go to Otani. Yeah. What about NL? I think it's got to be Paul Goldschmidt, isn't it? Would, I would think so. Yeah, I've seen some other names thrown out. Mookie Betts, which I don't uh, know. I mean, Mookie had a great season. He's but. great. He's a great player, but he—it's hard to be an MVP caliber player on that team because everyone you—you you could argue Freddie Freeman was would be an MVP. See Freddie on the list, Manny Machado too. Yeah, uh, Nolan Arenado. But it really is about the guy who carries your team, and if and if you're really good, I mean, that should be the ultimate factor, and that's one of the reasons why Shohei is not going to get it in the AL. Because he's on a trash Angels team. How do you argue too against a guy who was who was? I mean, he 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 was sniffing the NL Triple Crown this year up until what the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was right there. You can't. I I don't know how anybody argues against Paul Goldschmidt. I can't believe the Diamondbacks and give it to him. He's a so good dude too. Yeah. God. Yeah. Lucky you know St. Louis. You know My goodness. That. Yeah. Um, Major League Baseball, is, uh, you brought up Judge a second ago. Major League Baseball apparently investigating whether or not the Mets and the Yankees violated the collective bargaining agreement after a story explaining that uh, the Mets were pretty hesitant to pursue Aaron Judge. And that prompted the MLB, MLB Players Association to request an inquiry. So this investigation was first reported by The Atlantic. It centers on one paragraph in this story uh, of, uh, on, on the website of the Mets television station, SNY. It discusses the... Uh, quote, mutually respectful relationship between Mets owner Steve Cohen and Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner and how they, quote, do not expect to upend uh, to upend that with a high-profile bidding war for Judge. So in other words, they're... they're well, I don't get it. Well, the union asked MLB to investigate communications between Cohen uh, and Steinbrenner. Uh, the league plans to request records, but uh, apparently the, the union's uh, concerned that there's collusion happening here between... Opposite. Isn't he a free agent? So can he sign anywhere? So what difference is it? Why is why are the Mets contacting the Yankees about potentially signing this guy? Well, is that the thing? No, that basically it, it sounds to me more like the Mets have decided we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you guys get it. As long as we over here just make sure that we we won't fight you hard for it, and we'll do everything we can to make sure that you you land Judge again over there in the Bronx. And it, so why the, would they do that? I don't know, but. Uh, there, there have been issues with collusion in the past. They also bring up comments made by Astros owner Jim Crane to MLB.com, uh, which after an interview with Crane, uh, it wrote that uh, Justin Verlander is, quote, seeking a deal similar to Max Scherzer, who signed a three-year $130 million contract with the Mets. But nobody involved in the free agent process can uh, make any comments to the media about the value of unsigned free agents, regardless of where these discussions occurred. So th- 
The union's pretty gun-shy about collusion. It dates all the way back to the 80s. Uh, this is when arbitrators ruled that uh, owners had to create an information bank to suppress free agent salaries. So owners agreed to pay $280 million to players for three separate violations of the CBA. Um, but basically, the, the, the union's doing union things here. They're, they're worried about collusion between the Mets and the Yankees and, and cutting off the market for everybody, keeping Judge in New York, cutting sure. off the market for everybody else. By all indications, everything that I've read, Judge is not going anywhere. He's staying there. Yeah. I mean, and and Hal Which Stein, is a shame. Hal Stein, yeah, it is. <laughs> Hal Steinbrenner's made it abundantly clear that they're willing to spend whatever it takes, although that's what they say across the country in San Francisco said. as yep. well. I'd love to see him in a Giants jersey. God, that'd be great. I, I would love to see him there just because... Uh, well, I, get him out of the AL. I'm, an, a. I'm a Red Sox and Astros yeah. man. And get him out of your Yankees. division, yeah. right? Yeah. Two well, great reasons right there alone. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but so, I guess now it doesn't matter. Divisions don't really matter anymore because yeah, I know, this it's is, a balanced schedule. So everyone's going to play everyone no matter what. And this has been a long, drawn-out process. I made this argument years ago when they decided we're not going to have interleague play just be a one, an occasional thing. That was like 94 they switched over right. the formats, right? Or right? 95. Well, they started integrating interleague play. Right. But then eventually it became this is what we do. Throughout the season, it used to be just a one little part of the season, right? Mm-hmm. But prior to that, like they, a week. They, they never played. It was like a week in July. Now I'm such a purist. I long for those days. I understand the arguments. I, lo- I get it. People love to see teams play that wouldn't normally play. I get that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I just miss the old days when the National League counted, the American League counted. You, your pitchers bat in the National League. Uh, it, you know, you had the big bats in the American League, small ball in the, in the senior circuit. Look. So, but now, but but I but I, I predicted this years ago. I said, watch, eventually everything's going to meld. Divisions will no longer matter at some point, and here we are. I'm pretty sure it wasn't completely against the rules that pitchers could hit, couldn't hit in the American League. It's still they not had against the possibility the rules. to 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 hit. It's still not. They against just the didn't rules. need it because of the DH. But I've seen pitchers in the DH spot before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very in rarely. the AL. Very rare. well, guys. And a like, lot of it has to do with you know the way you, you're kind of getting guys in and out. Or subbing guys in and out, and then you run out of players, so you got to have your pitcher hit. And I get it historically, but they're allowed to not hit if they want. Historically, they haven't pitched well. You know, not everybody can be Rick Ankiel, sure, right? <laughs> but I mean, uh, or Shohei Otani for that sure. matter, or Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you're. I mean, I just I don't know. You, 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 I, they they still could. They've hit. always but had now, the option, but they matter. Did, they weren't allowed. They weren't. You know, it was out of the question because use of the DH spot was meant for. A, uh, you one of your best hitters, so yeah. you don't want to put your pitcher there. But, right? Yeah. Again, they've always had that possibility, so they can still do that. They can still do it. It just, I, it just doesn't matter as much. It just now. doesn't matter. There's, there's no yeah. strategy to it now. You can just now you're just throwing out a guy who's gonna, you know, I'm just dribble it back to the pitcher for a, you know, I'm, ground I'm, out. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the balance schedule. I'm excited to see how it turns out. You know what I'm excited about? Be fun. Pitchers and catchers report. What, like three weeks? Mm, I wish. I know. Right. God, I like, wish. Three months. Those are my favorite words of the entire, the, the first of the entire game of the, year. The first game of the season is March 31st, though, correct? So we're close. We're close already. Not close enough, my friend. Yeah, no. Not close enough. We still got to slog through the rest of this year. Got to get to February. We got a whole Febru- lot. We got a lot of hot stove to burn our hands on before we get there. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, but speaking of Judge, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Judge camp's been pretty quiet about what might be happening here. Uh, but according to Joel Sherman with the MLB Network, he cites three reasons that uh, he's he's seen cause for uh, optimism for Yankees fans, at least. Anthony Rizzo's back. Yep. Hal Steinbrenner's publicly stated that bringing Judge back is his number one priority, and there's not a shred of evidence so far, even in the early offseason, that Judge's camp is connected with any other team. Mm-hmm. So Joel Sherman 
by all indications as he's seen it, judges staying there. Man, I don't know. If I wanna I wanna be the devil's advocate here because you are Aaron Judge, right? You are now one of the best players in the in the MLB. You are now a historic elite player. You can go wherever you want. And don't forget, your fans booed you because you were hitting home runs when you were trying, and the pressure of that probably didn't help. And now you want to go back to that when you could literally be signed to any team for any amount of money you want. And you're a West Coast guy. You want to go back home, do you not? Dude, you're going to make me defend Yankees fans here for a second. They weren't booing him because he wasn't hitting home runs. They were booing him because... He got a base hit, and they booed him. I know they booed him, but they booed... They booed him when they, he struck out. They booed because they they, they, they they were desperate for that 60-second home run. I don't care. What? So what? Well, I'm just saying, it wasn't like a Let malicious, like, play. all of a sudden we you hate you because... You put more pressure you, on him, he's going to not do very... Yeah, but you put, enough, you put more pressure on him, the, how is that going to help? How is it helping that you're booing your best player, one of the best players in baseball... You are booing him because he isn't doing what you want to do? Well, that's Yankees fans for you. Why would you want to be a part of that? Probably would happen in, in Boston, too, if I'm being honest. You'd probably see something like that. Break. Go home, man. Get out of the AL. Go, go home. home. Go home, Yankee fans. Run home, You're Jack. drunk and belligerent. Run home. Always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming up, we got some NFL talk to dive into, some NCAA football to get to as well. Uh, one world last bit of news about uh, baseball. Shohei Otani says he wants to play for Japan in the World Baseball Classic. No surprise there either. Uh, it's going to be a good team. That's uh, going to make Japan pretty much the uh, team to beat. One of the favorites for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, give us a call, 512-834-1027. You want to talk a little NFL? That's up next here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the bullpen. Final segment of this Thursday edition. We've been so honored to be with you on this so afternoon. Honored. Really appreciate it. Lots of cool stuff to talk about today. I love that we got to talk about that Gonzaga win, or that win over Gonzaga, I should Me say. Me too. Lot, I am uh, a lot of fun. always a fan of that. Lots always of fun. Always a fan of Gonzaga losing, even though I'm from there. Yeah. I don't care. From Spokane. Spok- Spokane. From the great Spokane. People As like they say to, down honestly, here. people like to call it um, Spokompton. Yeah, well, when I was living up there, I'm, this is—I can tell you now—I I know why like they that. call it that. You haven't been there. in When 20 I was living plus up there, twenty-some years ago, yeah. meth meth labs were blowing up left and right. Well, yeah, that know, is not it's, a it's, joke. That was actually happening like yeah. almost every night on the news. That's still happening. Oh well, so it is kind of <laughs> Spokompton still. Yeah, uh-huh. but the caboose is still serving uh, diner food. The one of some of the best diner food in, in Washington. I have eaten at the caboose. At the caboose. I have eaten at the caboose. Also, you stand uh, next to the freaky face staring back at you. The conductor's freaky face. Yeah. Out, out through the window in one of the booths. Spokane was also my first foray into eating uh, quote unquote authentic Tex-Mex outside of Texas. <laughs> uh, and I and I, I went or, to this restaurant. Red Lion. I don't know. I don't even remember what it was. But I went to this restaurant and I sat down. It was like my first day there. Uh, my parents had left, and I was first day by myself. Mm-hmm. Up there, and uh, I sat down at the restaurant, and they, I said, "Give me the spiciest." What, I said, "What is the spiciest thing you've got?" And she looked at me like, "Well, we don't have anything that's real spicy." <laughs> I said, "The sign says authentic Tex-Mex." She said, "Well, I know." I said, "Well, give me the spiciest thing you got." 
came back with uh, like enchiladas and some bell peppers or something. It, was, it, was just, it, wasn't, <laughs> it did not slake my. I can my tell you they have upgraded mask. since then. There's a lot of really good places to eat there. Well, I'm sure Spokane. They had some great restaurants. No, they, they actually just, they turned just let a, me down uh, with the Tex Mex. Yeah, they turned an old like uh, army fort into a laser tag arena. It's really cool. oh, that's cool. Like right in the middle of downtown. I do not know how it got there or why. But, yeah, it's right there. It's cool. It's Very fun. cool. So we got the Packers tonight. Uh, can they salvage their season after that win After that win against the Cowboys? It's weird to say, but it is possible. Uh, they're 4-6. and six. I mean, even at a bad NFC, right? They still probably got to get at least, what, 9-8 and eight mm-hmm. just, to, just to make the playoffs. Just to have a chance. So you're talking about a 5-2 and two finish for a team that's lost five in a row before that Cowboys win. Probably in that, and in, in nine and eight is probably still not enough. You probably need at least 10 wins just for a wild card spot. Yes. So six and one finish we're talking about on the season. And still got games left at the, the Eagles, the Dolphins, Vikings. And let's not forget the Titans who are underrated. Wow. Tough guys right that now. That is a tough skin. Who are they playing tonight? <clears throat> is their last winnable game, maybe? Uh, yeah. Why am I drawing a blank here on who they're playing tonight? I, I'm totally drawing a blank. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Actually, maybe the Titans. It is the Titans. It, it is the Titans. Yeah, it is yeah, the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking it was later in the season. Yeah, it is the Titans. It's, it's Green Bay. I just, man, I've been here too long today. I think uh, this is definitely still a winnable game for them. I know you said that they're underrated, but I, 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 Titans don't scare me. You stopped Derek, Derek Henry, and they're a one-dimensional team. They gave away their best receiver this year, which I still don't understand why they did that. Well, the Titans, three losses, right? Really? Came in the final minute to the oh, Giants. Well, they had more than three losses. They had a blowout loss to, the Buff- to Buffalo. But uh, that, you know, that was Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Then they had an overtime loss to the Chiefs, and they had rookie quarterback Malik Willis filling in for Ryan Tannehill. He did not look good. Right? Oof. So they're not the most dominant team, but then you've got Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, they, 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 I, I expect them to play, to run the ball a lot, probably look, play some good should... defense. They don't beat themselves very yeah. often. Uh, so the Packers, I mean, they're going to have to get through a team that – you and many others are, are, are you know, not quite seeing as, I, I don't know, I, 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 kind of I e- like the Titans. Sure, tonight. I kind of expect the Titans to win because I think that might have been a fluke against Green Bay. Maybe there's just emotions were just different in that game because of both teams were playing for supremacy over the other because of Mike McCarthy, Yeah, right? right. So could have felt like more like a, uh, a rivalry game, but this, this feels like, Maybe the Packers revert back to their old ways. Yeah, well, I, I you know, they've been they've been very non-Packer esque yeah, this yeah. year. Uh, although, you know, keep in mind, uh, Titans have ruled out multiple starters for tonight. Uh, center Ben Jones out with a concussion. Safety Imani Hooker out with a shoulder injury. Uh, Randy Bullock, their kicker's out with a calf injury. Uh, outside linebacker Bud Dupree's got a hip injury, and backup safety Lonnie Johnson also out with a hamstring injury. So Oof, they got wow. a lot of injuries there. Okay. Uh, Packers, Devondre Campbell still out with that bad knee. Uh, Romeo Dubs out with an ankle. Oh, yeah? Ruled out with an ankle. Is that how you say it? Yeah. All right, cool. I like Dubs. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. No offensive doubt. lineman, David uh, Bakhtiari and uh, El- El- Elton Jenkins. Nailed it. I keep, well, I keep wanting to say Elgin every time I see his name. I thought you were going to say Elkins. No, Elgton, but uh, my brain wants to say Elgin. All right. Uh, but they're both listed as questionable with knee injuries tonight. So, Well, then you, when you put it that way, I have no idea who's going to win still this taking, I'm still taking it. Yeah, I'll still take it. I'm this. still taking the former Houston Oilers over the Packers tonight. <laughs> you love them. I do. Uh, always will. Love you, Blue. <laughs> so 
Packers, uh, Green Bay's doing this different thing tonight. They've got this big, uh, have you seen the, the, the preview for it? They tweeted this out. They, they've got, they're, apparently they're going to do this big light spectacle tonight. No, I didn't. And it is this. reminiscent of anything you would see walking into the Boston Garden or anything before a Bruins game or a, uh, it's like a drone it, thing. It's very NHL esque. Uh, basically, they're debuting new lighting elements. Uh, they're going to completely turn off all the lights and then they're going to direct fan attention to the Tundra Vision video boards. For uh, pre-intro videos, there's going to be flickering lights and stuff flashing all over the place. I'm going to picture, I'm just going to envision a bunch of guys skating out on a Lambeau field. This is what happens when your team is trash. You have to find other ways to That's keep right. them invested. That's right. <laughs> that, is not a, that is not a you know exclusive thing to Green Bay. A lot of teams do that. Yeah. A lot of teams do that. Like, big deal. You want to do a light show to keep your fans entertained? Good luck. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of trash... Oh. Amazon's. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, sorry. What is it? Uh, Amazon's uh, Thursday night football ratings. Yep. Bottomed out. They have bottomed out. Uh, still not coming through with that uh, that thirteen million yep. uh, average promising. Um, but uh, the, the week ten Falcons Panthers six point eight million viewers. Why that is, is that not a surprise? Uh, we've been we've been we've been showing every, week by week the yeah. steady decline of these Amazon ratings. Mm-hmm. And you're in for, what, a decade of this? Eventually, they'll come around. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. Uh, Pro Football Talk, though, is actually, they actually think the number's going to be coming back up. All right, so they got the, the, starting tonight with with the Packers-Titans. Then a week off for Thanksgiving, got Bills-Patriots after that, Raiders-Rams. That might not be the greatest. Mm, 49ers, your guys, Seahawks. Uh, And then after that, Jags-Jets. That'll be a fun game. Rounding out the year, Cowboys-Titans and the Cowboys, they're going to attract an audience. They sure, always do. Course. Expectations high. Amazon still claiming that the Nielsen ratings, yeah. oh, they're, they're, they're not accurate. I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe you at all. There's some okay matchups in there, and then there's some decent matchups in there, but I don't think any of those are going to sway the numbers up. No. I mean, maybe Jets, Jags, maybe, what would you say, Cowboys, Titans? Yeah, Cowboys, Titans, I think it'll do some. Seahawks, something. Niners, maybe, I, I for the, you, maybe for the division. I think so we may see a bump a tonight, game. too. I think people are going to. Well, well yeah, we're going to get we're going to get more than six million. I mean, again, consider the teams. What was that? Falcons, Panthers. Falcons, Who Panthers, gives a yeah. crap about either of those teams right now? They're not going anywhere, and yet they get. I know they schedule these games before the season, but you got to think, you got to expect maybe towards the middle of the season that you might want to go with a more sexier matchup. However, maybe they don't have a choice because of Fox and. I was uh, just CBS thinking to myself getting to choose games first. So as it should be, know. by the way. It was, could you really not come up with something better than what are you, Titans and Green Bay Packers tonight? I mean, I don't know. I guess those were sp- supposed to be two really good teams this year. Well, so. I, I don't think anybody expected the Packers yeah. to, to do what they've not been doing. And you can't flex out of Thursday games like that makes no sense. Yeah. So yeah, damn. Hey, did you hear who the Texans picked up? Speaking of the Packers, yes. They picked up Eno Eno Benjamin. They did get him, but beyond him. Oh, oh no, this is a, this is a, this is newer than that. It's breaking news to me. Wide receiver Amari Rogers. Who off wager <laughs> off waivers from the Green Bay Packers? Oh. They let him go because he had uh, some uh, four catches, fifty yards, no touchdowns on uh, eight targets and ten games for Green Bay. Five fumbled returns, ten games with two lost. Uh, that's led uh, led to his immediate release this week. And again, this all this happened against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, and so. 
I think it was like a day later. The Texans go, well, we'll take you. We suck anyway. <laughs> Come to an even worse team <laughs> yeah, and right? see how good you are. <laughs> so, uh, Play yourself into a new contract somewhere else because you don't want to stay here. Yeah, they, they picked them up. They, they're acquiring a four-year, $4.899 million rookie contract that includes about a $924,000 signing bonus. Well, so. I mean, maybe they, they think they give him, give him a better chance at uh, playing football than in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, very, very he well clearly be. wasn't in the good graces of Aaron Rodgers, and if you're not, you're clearly <laughs> out of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on to a little uh, college football real quick. Uh, just a, a note out of the ACC. Uh, the conference is going to honor the Virginia shooting victims with helmet decals. It's kind of cool. They, nice. they announced uh, they're going to honor league-wide initiatives starting this weekend. Uh, they include uh, special helmet decals designed for the from by, designed by the conference office. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a moment of silence observed by all ACC home football games this weekend, and each home team can have field signage with the uh, UVA strong graphic produced. Uh, it's a, a tough time over there for you for tragic, University of Virginia. Absolutely yeah. tragic. Did we get any new updates on that at all? Uh, Motive yet? No. I mean, why? We know that uh, the Mike Collins, yeah. uh, the the running back who was shot in the back, he's he's still in the hospital. Okay. Uh, fifth student who's not a football player also survived the shooting. As for the shooter, alleged shooter Christopher Darnell Jones denied bail yesterday in his first court hearing, uh, facing two counts of second degree murder, two counts of malicious wounding, additional gun related charges. Uh, no plea entered yesterday, and that's about all we know. Still no decision made on whether or not the finale is going to be played against Virginia Tech on November 26th in Blacksburg. Yeah. But we do know that this weekend against Coastal Carolina, the game's been called off. Good. Yep. So, uh, Texas football, uh, part of a re-rank, USA Today's uh, NCAA re-rank. Uh, has the Big 12 been a solid football conference this year? Because they say it has. I mean, I guess if you go uh, strictly off a ranking standpoint. I don't know. I, I feel like the Big 12 has just been kind of... I think the, the wild card in this whole so thing was far. Oklahoma. I don't think anyone expected them to be as bad as they are right now. So, uh, I mean, they're not horrible, but they're not great. They're not Oklahoma. In this, in this re-ranking by USA Today and Longhorns Wire, uh, they got Texas at 30, 31 now overall. Uh, West Virginia, 87. Iowa State, 76. Oklahoma, 61. I'd like to see them even farther than that. Are these like power rankings, or are these would be like the top 25 the, these, rankings yeah, plus? This would be outside the 25. Okay. Well, with, with the exception of TCU at 4 and Kansas State at 18, everybody else is outside the 25. Oklahoma State at number 28. They got in the re-ranks there. Um, I don't know. Oklahoma don't, State isn't ranked anymore either? I, yeah. No, they're, they're, they got them at 28. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Texas does this weekend. Just keep winning. Just, you know, again, you shouldn't be afraid of these opponents, right? Like, Kansas is not who they once were. They lost their quarterback. Baylor, I don't know what the hell happened to them. I mean, they're they're improved, but they're not the same team we all thought they'd be. These are not scary opponents. Texas is nine and a half point favorite they should against be, Kansas. They, yeah, they should be able to take care handle business these next couple weeks, get to a good bowl game, win your ninth win, and get out of this season alive. Healthy and progressing on to next season. A to the men, my friend. We didn't think they'd get even sniff nine wins, and yet here they are sniffing, potentially sniffing nine wins. We should take this season as a win, regardless, as long as they take care of business to end the season. I got laughed at early in the season when I said nine, ten wins. You're right, you did. Mm -hmm. But I also said optimistically, this team can win that. Yeah. We thought thought that there was a chance they could. So, Uh, One last bit of note. Bijan Robinson named a uh, Walter Camp Award semifinalist. Get uh, annually the for ball. the uh, Collegiate Football Player of the Year. Give him the ball we'll so he out. can win it. Be a Heisman finalist. We'll find out on December 8th. All right. And that, my friends, is it for us. But hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back then. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum coming up next. And we will see you in the bullpen see ya. tomorrow. Tomorrow.